Episode 248, Jeremy Roenick going to join us in a little bit. Still waiting for that Sabres game to start. Biggest game of the year, and that is what you give us. I don't even want to get into the Devin Levi, how great he is. I mean, I'm not getting into that right now. That is an unprepared team for an unfamiliar moment. So was it unprepared or unfamiliar? I think they were. Well, fuck, this comes down to your coach. Your coach has to prepare you for this moment. This is what coaches do. Lindy Ruff had his troops ready last night to go and absolutely thump the, the Pittsburgh Penguins and do the Sabres. A what, about, what about the night before that? What about the night before that? Lindy Ruff didn't do his job, decided to take it off, and they got absolutely spanked 6-1. Well, sometimes oh, that what is happen. It? Sometime, okay, so oh, the, the, we're. I would so have loved we're, we're to have had a conversation with you before the show, so you just couldn't just go into fucking defense mode because there's no way that you watch that game and can wake up today and say, "Oh, they gave it everything they had." I thought they played well. Well, I, I well, <laughs> I watched the game. Um, I'm not saying that certain players did not show up, but we needed more from from players. And we didn't get it. Now, did I did I feel that the team played their best game? No, I didn't. Do I feel that our top line did they did they give us enough? They did not. And the second line, the Cousins, Paterka, and Quinn line. Okay, this is another line that I hate to say it. They're very young, but they're relied upon to produce offense and 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 really spark something. And they looked really flat. Like really flat, and 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 people are going to sit there and say, "Well, they're the rookies." Like you have two rookies on a line. Dylan Cousins just turned twenty-two. Like it's a very young line. But I I would I wanted to see more from that line, and 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 I didn't. That's you know, that's. Am I going to blame it on you know Peyton Krebs and uh, you know Gergensen and and Ocposo? I just don't think that the, you got enough from from the guys that you need to get it from. It was a bit of a chess match last last night, and the Florida Panthers got it from their number one defenseman and Aaron Aaron Ackblad, and he got it from. Um, and l- let me tell you something. I know I know Matthew Kachuk scored the goal, but go and look at the play that uh, Montour makes. And if you want to be irritated with something, go and go and go and think about us giving a, a third or getting a third round draft pick for this guy. The guy's got 67 points, 14 goals this year. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's had an awesome season. He made it happen when when it needed to happen. A great re, uh, uh, redeflection from uh, Matthew Kachuk. They're, they're big guys. They got it done. And that's it. You know, we didn't we didn't get enough from our players. We didn't get enough from our players. Where does and, that fall? Is that inexperience? Is that youth? Is that? I mean, what 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 is that? I would definitely I would definitely say it's it's inexperience. I mean, it was a big moment. I you're talking like this team played horrible. I thought they I thought they have played solid defensively. Okay. As a team, I thought the offensive side of the game 
and and what struggled. they could create was yep. absolutely horseshit. Yeah. Who did, for, who for did Thompson the, and uh, the highest Tuck. scoring teams in the league? They didn't generate anything. And what we saw was a Panthers team squashing a Sabres team the same way the Sabres played against the Rangers. You know, they had Lion in net. They played hard in front of him. They wanted to prevent chances in front of him. They blocked shots in front of him. Yeah. Thought the Sabres were, were solid defensively. I think offensively, which has been the conversation about this team all year long, they couldn't get anything going. They didn't get it done. Do I think they played terrible? I don't think they played terrible. I think each and every one of these players, minus minus the young ones, okay, will be disappointed in this, you know, looking at this. And I think the young ones are so young and they don't really understand the magnitude of this are going to realize that they they uh they let one go. They didn't play their best game. They get, didn't give themselves a chance um to really win this game. They didn't play their best, but I don't think they played bad. I don't think you're sitting there today you know, just pulling your hair out. I know there's frustration. And- it's it's more disappointment than anything. It's the yeah. fact that Pittsburgh lays an egg, and you go out there and and. So who like, should be what- more upset? Who should be more upset? The youngest team in the league, team that hasn't made the playoffs. I don't care about anybody. There's else. no pedigree on this team whatsoever. Or are you looking at? Are you looking at like, like what is what are people talking about in Pittsburgh right now? Well, um, let's not change the, to that. You want to have that conversation? We can have that. No, I don't That's want to have fine. a conversation, but the point is you can't sit here and literally lose your marbles over, you know, how the team played. Cause I don't think they played terrible. I don't think they played terrible. Did they play their best? Did they get enough offense from well, they, the you know, Thompson people line? argue they and say get... people, you're going to hear people say, well, they had 40 shots and that's fine. They had 40 shots from the outside. How many scoring chances did they did they have? Forty shots from the outside. Guys walking over the blue. Odd man rushes, three on twos, yep. two on ones. Like yep. no danger area breakaways. shots. I mean, but listen, I mean, uh, you know, Aaron Eckblad is is a really really strong defender. Mark Stahl is a big man. He's a veteran player. He's a really good defender. Montour has had. One of the one of the best seasons of his life. I mean, he's played very well. Forsling has played very well. Gudas, Rocco Gudas, who scares the shit out of everybody on the Sabers, is a great defender. And I'm going to tell you this: this Mara, Mahara yeah. from Florida on defense, I thought was incredible. You want to know? Do you want to know where the difference lies for me with this the between the two teams going into the game? And I think there's a psychology behind it. I definitely think that what I'm about to say has a psych still has a psychology and impact on the game. Care to take a gander at what that might be? I would say grit. Grittiness. 
Okay, let me. Ryan Lomberg. I would have paid him fucking eight million after the way he played last night. He was more noticeable than any saber on the ice. Yes, yes, he was. And and I'm not gonna lie, I'm not I'm not gonna uh, argue with you about that situation. Did you watch the very first shift of Matthew Kachuk? The minute, and if you go back to this, okay, if you can rewatch the game, when you go back to it, the very first shift, it's we're at eighteen fucking forty two. The whistle blows and Kachuk skates behind the net where Devin Levi is doing his little preparation on his net, looking at his net, squirting the bottle in his mouth three, four times. And you got the start of it right there. Matthew Kachuk saying something to Devin Levi. And it happened multiple times throughout the game. Did you see this? Did you see, did you see Eric Stahl? Did you see Eric Stahl, whistle blows, skating by Devin Levi, sitting there having a little chirp with him? And these are these are things that, you know, again, I'm sitting at home, my coach, coach potato, guy with the big mouth. I'm sitting there. These are these are the small things that I see. And maybe other people that are watching the game see the same thing. But these are things that I see. This is a game within the game, which we lose on a nightly basis because we don't have the type of personnel that is going to dictate these types of things. I'll go back and say Ryan Lomberg looked like a, a $5 million player last night. He makes 750 grand. You can't tell me you can't go out and get a Ryan Lomberg who is as tough as nails. He will fight at a drop of a hat. He, well, he doesn't, is, he doesn't have to fight anymore. Do you know why? Because there's not a lot of people that uh, no, yes, that's one that want to fight. One, there's one other. There's one other reason I'm going to educate some people right now about a player in the NHL who is majorly tough. Yeah. Okay. Majorly tough. And there's not much fighting anymore, so his penalty minutes aren't going to um, demonstrate that. But there's a kid on that team by the name of Giovanni Smith. And yeah, and they a, went and targeted him right away, the new GM, right? And he is as tough as they come. Mm-hmm. So then... He doesn't play very much. Doesn't, doesn't Plays about play seven minutes much. a night. But I noticed you know, him, can, though. Can, you, know, can, you notice the way skate? he plays. He was in everybody's face. There was a little scrum, and Darlene was in there. Here comes Giovanni Smith, just going to stand there and be the separator. That's all he's going to do. Quietly stand there, doesn't say anything. But if something happens, he's going to be there. You got to even a Brandon Montour plays hard. Not like that, but he plays hard. Matthew Kachuk. Anthony Duclair plays hard. Radko Gudis. Radko Gudis is mean. He's a mean, mean hockey player. Plays with him, plays it within himself, plays within the rules for most of the season, most games. But when when it's time, He's got a, he's got a, uh, he flicks the switch. Ryan Lomberg skates around. He's a perfect player in this league right now because people under net, they underestimate him and his toughness. I think that people know his toughness, but that's not a big part of the game anymore. Toughness and fighting is not a big part of the game, but Ryan Lomberg is an incredible skater. Did you see him skate last night? He can handle the puck, get it in deep, go get it, control the puck down low. He is intimidating for players, not 
maybe us, but for players. And everybody, you know, everyone's, they all want to go get certain types of players. Like if you don't start building your team this way, we're going to end up in the same spot next year because you'll have the same amount of talent, get pushed around or just out-competed. And it's simple as that. And I'm not looking for fighters. I'm looking for guys that will fight. In fact, I think I mentioned Giovanni Smith to you back in the summertime because I met him at a friggin' hockey rink in Toronto randomly. And I started talking to him and someone said he plays for Detroit. He was standing right beside me. And then we talked about fights and we talked about other things. And I was like, this is a guy that this, you should see this guy. He's fucking huge and he's chiseled and he's hungry. Yeah. To play and, in he the can, league. And, he, and he can skate. skate. Let's, let's not forget that. Okay. How many players in this league can't really skate anymore? Honestly, let's try to not find many. some. Not but many. Milan Lucic, we've done those player casts for yeah. Hockey Night Canada. Yeah. Guy can, yeah. guy, he's not Lucic from Boston, but holy shit, can he skate? Yes. Yeah. He's not, he's not pretty to watch, but he can move around. He's, he's just not quick. You know, his zero to 100 is not very fast, but once he gets going, he can fly. But the league is about, the league is about that. And listen, I mean, you can sit here and dissect what they don't have. They just didn't, they just didn't get it done. I don't think they played terrible hockey, but you are going to win and lose with your top players. That's it. You're not, you're not looking at uh, Tyson Yost. To, to 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 pick up his game or or you know Zemgus Gergensen. You're looking at your top players to get get it done. They didn't get it done. They didn't get it done. It was a bit of a chess match last night. And uh we lost. I'll tell you right now. Certainly wasn't from the goaltending. There we go. Certainly now wasn't we, from we, the goaltending. Now we can get into Levi. You know, a lot of people, uh, you read, you read and you read and you read a lot of different opinions and, uh, you know, some you just completely disagree with, some you just well, what are, what are the disregard because you don't really care what they that per, in specific individual has to say. And then others, you know, you take into consideration and, you know, across the board on that whole spectrum of opinions, I think a lot of people feel like this kid's the answer, like the it. And he's arrived and he's here. And normally I have like a knee jerk reaction to comments like that, but I actually, you know, these are ones from again, across the whole spectrum of opinions that I, I'm, I don't really know. I think goaltending is really hard to tell. Uh, circumstance makes it hard to tell. I'll, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be too quick to judge that. I I'm still in favor of maybe saying, I think we'll see him in Rochester at some point. I think he should play a full year in Rochester. Oh, Do I think correct. he can play in the NHL? You're absolutely, absolutely, I believe that he can play in the NHL. But there's one thing that he hasn't, he hasn't gone through. And what is that? Uh, an entire season of pro hockey, period. It, so, so what does that mean, though? Travel, fatigue learning curves how many know. games There's, did he play in uh for for his uh do you have his stats in front of you 
30, I'm gonna 32 guess, games. Yeah, I was going to say 32 games two years, years ago, 34 games last year. Okay. His team played, or, or he, he, he played. played. And um, there is a big difference. And I'm sure a guy like Owen Power, I'm sure a guy like J.J. Paterka, I'm sure players like this can um, speak to this about how difficult an NHL season is. It is a long, dragged out season. The fatigue, the mental fatigue, which I think is the biggest thing, the mental fatigue of playing a game, getting on a getting on a bus that takes you to the airport, that takes you to another city, that you get off the plane, onto a bus, you drive another 30 minutes, you don't get into your hotel. Sometimes things don't quite work out because the hotel is not prepared for you when you get there and you got to wait another 30 minutes before you get in your room. And then there's, I mean, things happen throughout a long, long season. And for me, and what I've watched from Devin Levi in two games, that he is more than capable of playing in the NHL more than capable of playing in the NHL. But is it the right thing long-term for him? Is it the right thing? Like, why not send him for a full season in the minors where you're, where he's going to play 55 games? Uh, what is better for Devin Levi? 55 games in the minors riding a bus? or 41 split games with a UPL or an Eric Comrie or a somebody else. And you completely split. You get the, because he could have had, he played 34 games with Northeastern. I mean, he could have played another five, six games in college, 40, 41 games. He can handle 41. What's the difference between 53? And I'm, I'm listen, I'm in your corner. I'm just asking the question from the other side, because I can see it both ways. That's why I wasn't so knee-jerk on this, on this does, response, because it's like, fuck, Ethan keep them around. Against? What can it hurt? Who do they play against? Do you know the, the division that they're in? Do they not play Boston College? BC, BU, Do they Harvard? not play Boston University? Yeah. It's a fucking 40-minute drive. It, it's, okay. it's, so why does, he have, to be, why does he have to go to the minors and ride a bus instead of just ride a fucking plane where he's going to be anyway? Like, if he's going to be in the, the NHL level. and you're trying to acclimate him into the NHL, why not just keep him here and get him fully, like, almost like a college player? Like, you bring in a freshman at college and you play him half yeah. the season and you maybe maybe you fucking redshirt him, but he's in the gym every yeah. day. He's on the ice every day. He's around the team every day. He's understanding the college ways, the school, the, the classes, and and the, the workload of the classes and the workload of, of being the player. Yeah. So there's that balance. So if well, you're, if you're going to play him in a situation where he's going to be kind of like the second goaltender, or 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 maybe, and you can send him up and down to play games uh, during the week in Rochester. Yeah, so play twenty games in Roch and play yeah. forty games in Buffalo. And yeah. and 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 because it, the reality is, as as you would say, are they going to make the playoffs next year with a number one goalie? Maybe are they going to win the cup? I I don't know. It's it's all it's all part of the process. It's part of the process, and also there's a lot of players on this team this this year that this team. I wouldn't call them out. I I still wouldn't call them out. That's well. Pittsburgh wins last night. It's over. 
morning, gentlemen. Sorry, I interrupted your your in in progress conversation. We we're just talking about are the Sabers out? What's going on in Pittsburgh? But glad to see you made it through traffic at Augusta. I know. I'm sorry. The trials and tribulations of being me. <laughs> Guy literally gets canceled, and he's still on top of the world. No, can't cancel me. Sorry. Good try. Uncancelable. Good try. JR, who's Good the try. favorite this year? Who we got? Uh, I would have, well, Scheffler, uh, obviously, with going in, what, what he's been doing, coming off another win and defending champion. But I think Camp Smith, like Camp Smith last year was right there. If he didn't hit a shit shot into the water on 12, um, he he probably could have won last year. Um, Justin Thomas is going to be really tough, this I think, this week. John Rahm is going to have his game on. He's are any of the live guys allowed to be there? But, I don't know this. Like, like are yeah, they're all here. Yeah, they are. Here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's okay. eleven of them. There's eleven, 11 live guys here. So that's awesome. But I would have to say, I would have to say, you know, Rory, the way that Rory played in the match play last week and not winning a Masters, and he needs a Masters to finish the, you know, finish the, 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 the big um, four, the big four exactly. So. I would not be surprised if we see Rory just, you know, just absolutely attack this golf course this weekend. Hey, I had a I had a, a regular listener, uh, the alumni wine event here in Buffalo for the Sabres alumni is the why it's the wives wine, uh, alumni wives wine event. They are they are the ones that deserve the credit. Um, anyway, we had this this female listener she comes up to me and she says, "Hey, you guys got to stop talking golf on your show. Start talking golf." Stop talking golf. I'm like, what are you talking about? Hockey and golf go hand in hand. Yeah, but when's the last time we we barely talk golf? I know we don't like, we don't talk golf. golf. We talk about you going golfing. Um, yeah, we don't talk about golf. Here, that 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 full swing thing. Dustin Johnson won me over with one comment. He said, "You're telling yep, me that I know, I know, I know exactly what you're gonna say. Every single person, if you if if you ask them to work less and they're gonna pay you more, yes." Everybody would say yes. Yes. He was, it was so honest. It was so, and, and it's not even something that's like risky. It's just, you don't ever want to hear someone say that they're, they're taking more money for less work or, or less work for more money or the easier life, because that's not how it's supposed to sound. Right. When you're playing at that level, but I loved it. But it's true he's, too. He's, oh, he's so right. Ask any NHL player. And what did hey, he say? He exactly what JR just said verbatim. No, they said, they said, listen, this is Dustin Johnson. Obviously, we know Dustin Johnson is, you know, he's kind of the Marmaduke, you know, everybody acts, you know, wonders about his IQ and, and all that stuff and, and how energized he is. He always seems like he's just lumbering around just and, and it's like makes golf look easy. But he's one of the best players that we've seen in our generation. And he literally just said, I don't know anybody that if they came up to you and said, listen, um, we want you to work less and we're going to pay you more. And that person's going to say, yeah, no, that's, I don't want to do that. No, I don't. I want to work more and get paid less. Actually. Dustin Johnson goes, that's what the live gave me. You know, Jared, I don't, what was the, what was the most money that you made in a season? 9 million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you have felt if the NHL came to you and said, Jeremy, we're going to pay you 9.5 and you're only going to have to play 72 games. I don't I mean, begrudge these guys at all. It's the same thing with that we talk about with the NHL salaries. Everybody's like, "Oh, these guys get pay, paid so much. We're getting paid so much." Well, listen, if if they're going to give it to you, 
if they're going to pay you that, then take it. But you have to live up to your side of the bargain and perform and play the way you're supposed to. The Sabres didn't do that last night. What a huge game they lost last night. What a huge game they lost last night. Riv, you must have been going out of your tree last night. No, he was trying to be super poised this morning as I came on. Super. We talked for a few minutes before you came on because you were stuck on, what was that called? Marigold Lane? <laughs> Marigold Lane. <laughs> what the, what's that street called that leads into Augusta? Um, Magnolia. Magnolias. Magnolia. 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 Yeah. Magnolia Lane. You must have been rip-roaring pissed last night watching that game with knowing the Buffalo needed that win. Um... I wasn't, I, I, you know, Petey came on this morning. I think he was pretty irritated, upset, wants to change, you know, personnel on the team and, uh, you know, the sky's falling and this and that. I, I, I don't no, feel the same way. And that's exactly, what are you talking about? That's exactly what you were, you were furious. You're like, this is bullshit. They dropped the ball. Like, listen, I mean, JR, if you're going to win the biggest games of the year, What's what's the number one thing that you need to have happen? Well, you have to have your top guys. Thank your you. Top guys. Thank you. Thank you, JR. That's it. Don't go any further than that. You know, you look at the you look at the two goals. The game the, the game was two to one. You look at the two goals that were scored by Florida Panthers. Aaron Eckblad, number one defenseman, and you have Matthew Kachuk, who has been shredding his season up to this date and scored his 39th goal by driving the net and redeflecting a puck. Okay. There are two guys stepped up. Yep. Yep. Our, I, I listen, our top players did not play and generate enough offense to be competitive. And we ended up losing a game. We lost the game to uh, a chess match game. I mean, that's it. I, you know, at, at the end of it, and, someone's got to gotta team, lose, and right? To a team, and to a team that they are absolutely battling with. Now, granted, it was a two-one game, but you're right. That's that's one that you got to win. You have to find ways of winning that one. And it looks to me the way that your that your your body language and the vo- your tone of your voice, Riv, it's almost like you're getting used to this outcome. It's almost like it's not surprising you anymore, which could be most frustrating. No, I think I'm a. I think for me is I. I am a bit of a realist in the sense that, you know, I was disappointed in the line last night. I was disappointed in Dylan Cousins and Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka. I was disappointed in that line because I feel that they are a very dynamic, offensive, skilled line that can produce points for this team. And they did not do it. I don't think they had their best game. That's that's my. They didn't generate enough offense. Okay, but then again, I'm sitting there going, two of them are rookies. Two of the two of the players on the line are rookies. And Dylan Cousins is in his third year, and he's just turned 22. And I'm thinking to myself, what does the future hold for this hockey team? That's what I think to myself. It's not just about now. It's about what does the future hold for this hockey team and what I'm watching. And and are there holes on this team? Are there are there are there um, areas that the team needs to get better at? You're damn right. You're damn right. They do. 
But what they have is something moving forward is going to be very bright. And they lost this one last night. They're not out. They're not out. They lost last night. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think this team is going to be a very dangerous team in the next couple of years. That's what I well, think. One thing, one thing those, those young guys got last night, and it's, and it's probably the first time that they've had to have this kind of pressure and this kind of big must-win game, especially for the two rookies. I mean, Cousins has probably been there a couple times, but you know, to be in that situation at the end of the season. But he hasn't, JR. Hold on. Cousins hasn't been there. Cousins has been out yeah, the last fucking two seasons with Buffalo. He's been out in December. Yeah, he well, that's true. He's never felt yeah. this before. None of them have so felt even better. this before. So, so even better. Even better. They got a firsthand look of late in the season pressure of must-win situation and how hard it is to, to get it done. Because they lost to a team that's been struggling. I mean, Florida won a couple games, but they were struggling for two weeks beforehand. But, yeah, now but Florida, Florida was on a three-game winning streak going into that game, Jr. That's right. They I mean. were starting they, they, to pick their no, game up I, again. That's what right? I, that's what I said. They were two weeks. They were struggling. Then all of a sudden, they realize where they are. Some of the leaders on that in that locker room are like, "Listen, boys, enough is enough. It's time for us. We got to get this shit done." And they've been doing it. Now they're on a four-game streak, and they're you know. They're probably going to make the playoffs because of it. Because of it, Pittsburgh has been re- reeling. They can, I mean, they they can thank Keith Kachuk for that one. I know, right? <laughs> How do you think Matthew Kachuk felt knowing that his dad was referencing his brother's team about how hard they work? If Florida came out and played like the Ottawa Senators play with their talent and their grit, they'd win. You know, instead of trying to get. Autographs from Austin Matthews and Pat and Marner. I thought that was awesome. It was great, but he's right, you know. And they went out and had a big game. They they beat Toronto, and you know. So sometimes, you know, so sometimes the, you gotta, the, the you Penguins lose. Are, are the are the Sabers out of it? That one last night, I think, was not the dagger, obviously, but it's it definitely puts a, a doubt in their minds, and like shit, you know, we needed that one. That could that could have been the one that broke the camel's back, right? But I mean, until you're mathematically out, you're not out. But that was the Islanders sit at one. 87 points, Jr. 87 yeah. points. So do the Florida Panthers, 87 points. The Pittsburgh Penguins sit at 86 points. The Buffalo Sabers right now have two games in hand on all three of those teams. Let's just say mm-hmm. hypothetically that the Sabers win those next two games. That puts them at 85 points, Jr. They're two yep. points behind Florida. They're two points behind the Islanders. They're one point behind Pittsburgh. And there's four games to play. It's game on. What's your schedule? Who do they play? Who are their last their last five games? We've 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 that's part we've of the problem. They have Detroit tomorrow night in Detroit. And Detroit's you don't know what you're gonna get from them, and they're a good team. I like Detroit's team. I they can beat Detroit won five nothing against Montreal last night. They yeah, they, beat, been they beat Boston. Well. They handed Boston their tenth loss of the season. Like they're not. Yeah, they, they, they they're not hard. Yep. You know, uh, Carolina at home at twelve thirty on Saturday. <laughs> I see you shaking your head there for everybody listening. Rangers, New Jersey, back to back Monday, Tuesday. Ottawa at home, Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay, well they should get the last two. You should get the last two Rangers. See, with the Rangers jersey, 
that they, I mean, they still they beat both those two teams right? last time they played them, Jr. They beat, and I know they look like monsters. They look like massive hills. They look like Everest. But the last time they played both those two teams, they beat them. Yep. Any team hey, listen, in this league, for the Sabres in general, for the Sabres, any team in this league is beatable. It's the see, consistency. This how, see, this is, where, this is where it comes down to what we've talked about, Rivs, right? We've talked about this all the way through the playoffs. We talked about, I mean, through the season. We talked about this in October. We talked about this in November. When you play shit teams and you play shit teams at home and you end up losing, okay, games that you should win, how many of those have Buffalo had this year? Five? Yep. Five? Against yeah. mediocre teams, like beyond mediocre teams. Well, the Columbus, uh, the Philadelphias, uh, the Arizonas, Chicago's. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I said this, Jr. Though, but see that, but but that's real. Let me just finish real quick. That's what I said. That those games that they just decided that they didn't want to show up for because they thought it was an easy one in the bag, and they fucking blew it. You think they want those points back now? At the end of the no, season, Craig doesn't. Oh, Jr. Craig doesn't play that game. It's but it's sorry. You know why, sorry. You know why I don't play that, play that game, that Jr. Game. Is you know I, what the I, Sabers I, are right now. You're on one side of the teeter-totter, and Petey's on the other side of the teeter-totter. You know where I sit? No, I'm the Sabres. You know where I sit? I'm the bar that holds them. I'm gonna, I am gonna. I fall on one side, and it's, wow, they beat some top teams in the league. And then I, then I lose to Chicago, and no one really says anything because Buffalo's been a bottom feeder for, for a decade. Buffalo is not a top team in the league, but they're also not a bottom feeder anymore in the league they're a team that can fall on both sides and no one if they do lose these games to columbus and arizona and teams like that no one says anything because i mean buffalo's been that team for so long and they've had a solid season this year that it's not egregious to lose to the bottom teams and it's also not egregious to think that they can beat the best teams what a shit fucking reputation well, you know, listen, when you when you've been shitty for so long, you have to work your way out of people's minds, yeah. of minds, the yeah. mind. People just automatically think of the Buffalo Sabres as a losing team because they've lost for so long. When you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, what do you think about? Think about Stanley Cups. Think yeah. about pedigree. You think about Sidney Crosby. You think about rings. That's all you think about. Well, guess what? They got spanked last night. They got spanked the night before. They're losing. They're losing just like the Sabres are. Like they have Sidney Crosby. They have Evgeny Malkin. They have Chris Letang. They have uh, Zucker. They have uh, Getzel. They have, I mean, holy shit. Their team is absolutely stacked. But here's the thing. We don't talk about how shitty the Pittsburgh Penguins are. We just they just lost another game, but we're gonna shit on the Sabers because they lost well, a two one game. That's who we're talking about. If we were in Pittsburgh right now, we'd be losing our shit and saying, "Why did they sign these three guys back for three years or two guys back for three years and not let them go? Trade them last year, get pieces, acquire some prospects, trade Crosby, and rebuild this fucking thing." You never trade Crosby because <laughs> he's gonna be a lifer. But you trade you trade Malkin and you trade Latang. They should have done that. We talked about that last year. But they were you in a playoff to, spot, so they had to hang on to them. 
Like yeah. they were in a playoff spot last year. You can't if they were out of the playoffs by seven points at the deadline. Fucking see ya. But when you're in the playoffs with those guys, you always have yeah. a chance. What, tough, what? I would have gotten rid of Malkin. I would have gotten rid of Latang. There's no question. I think they have enough. Um, they have enough talent to to win. And who knows what they would have got back? And it's always it's always Monday morning quarterback, right? You know. It's, that's that's always the case. I mean, they could have gotten a couple of good players and that could have come on and just absolutely ripped up being in a new city, being in a new in a new environment. And, but um, they made their decision and now they're battling, you know. And and listen, Malkin has had an unbelievable year. Look look at the year Malkin's having. Look at the year Crosby's having. Look at the year Latang's having. So should they have gotten rid of him? I, I don't know. That Jake Etzel's having an off was, season though. He only has thirty five goals. Again, one of he the best be scores. One of, one of the best scores that nobody talks about. Nobody right? talks about him. Uh, one of the best goal scorers in the game, and nobody talks about him. 22, 22, 40, 20 and 39 games. Yeah. 23 and, and 50. Remember? Yeah, he had eight goals last year. Eight goals no, in seven when, games when last they, year. When they won the cup, when they won the cup, I think he set, 13 he set the goals. record. Yeah, he set the record for most goals, but Dino Cicerelli or something like that back in when they won in seventeen or something like that. I mean, the kid is kid is sick. Yeah, kid can score goals. Kid can but, score goals, man. So why so why are they in this situation? Like, are we are we just basically pointing the fingers at the goaltending here and say that this is that's, ultimately that's the first all thing on people them? Say. That's yeah. the first thing people say about them is 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 uh, Tristan Jari is just way too inconsistent. So Kristen, Kristen uh, Jari right now, 3.69 Tristan and he Tristan Jari and his save percentage is a 0.867. That ain't good. That is terrible. really, really bad. Yep. Not good. So is, is this a goaltending issue or is this a lack of team structure defense issue? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going goaltender. I was never a fan. I was never a fan of Jari watching him. The, the, does, does Boston set the set the, the the league record for wins? Are they going to do it? They need what three Absolutely. more? Absolutely. Yep, sixty-two to tie, right? Um, and that uh, I think I looked at that the other day. The Detroit Red Wings and the Tampa Bay Lightning were the two teams that have sixty-two wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what do they have left Four four games? It's more than doable, more than doable for this team. I don't know what's more important. Well, I, I do know what's more important. Is it more important to be on a team that set the record? Because we, we, I think we all agree the presence trophy means fuck all. It's, it's almost like a jinx. Almost. I, I think I hate the presence cup trophy, but to be a part of a, of a historical team that, Broke the record for most wins means means something. So, is a team looking at that and saying, "Listen, boys, we gotta we gotta play everybody. Let's let's get this record and then let's let's tear apart the league." I think the record record is very important to Boston, and it's well, you 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 saw that last game when they played the St. Louis Blues. They played without Bergeron. They played without. Krejci, and they played without Charlie McAvoy. Just a coincidence that those three guys are out? 
Mm. Or do they feel, or do they feel at this point that it's the right time to take some of their older guys out? Charlie McAvoy had some injuries uh, to start the season, right? Coming off an injury. Is it the right time to give these guys a night off knowing that you're playing the St. Louis blues, which is not a strong team. Yeah. Again, that's you, you said it, you just said it. It's, it's, I think this team is confident enough that they can win with their without some of their top guys in against a team like St. Louis. The way Pasta's playing right now, I mean, this guy is on fire right now, Pasternak. I think the wins record means a lot to Boston to the Boston Bruins. Like it's, it's owned right now by it's tied Tampa Bay and Detroit. It's it's sixty two each, right now. Detroit is what ninety five. I think Detroit was 95-96. And that like I you remember that team back then? Oh yeah, I played against them all the time. I played against them eight times eight times a year. It was insane. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. Chasing around Fedorov and Eisenman all over the place, getting hit by Konstantinov and oh jeez. Just crazy, crazy team. But yeah, and and I think Mostly because you look at the history of the game, right? And it's an original six team. And there's only one original six team that has the records, which is Detroit, right? You know Boston wants to have that wins record because of their history. They want to be known as one of the best um, best seasons of all time. There's no question about it. And you know the fans want it. That's for shit sure. My mom talks about it all the time. She's like, she asks me every, every, every time I talk to her, you think the Bruins are going to get the record? I'm like, yeah, I do. That would be so great for Boston. I'm like, yeah, it would be great for the league. But well, when you know. when you think of uh, David Krejci, when you think of the long-standing Boston Bruins players that have been there for 16, 18 years, okay. When you're when you're thinking of Patrice Bergeron, he's won a Stanley Cup. He's won multiple Selkie trophies. Like the guys won a lot. Yeah. What's something that that he's like he's got his spidey senses up on. He wants records. He wants to be the number one team in NHL history to have the most wins. Yeah, no question. And he stayed around. Everybody was talking whether he was going to retire, whether he was going to go to another team. He stayed in Boston. This is, you know, these, these are the reasons why he wanted to stay for a team like this, for a team that they've just built and the team that just ran through the regular season like it was Swiss cheese. Right? So do you, do you know how the Red Wings did that year? In which year? 95-96 when they won 62 games. Their record was 62-13 and 7 ties. So you they, think about they, those ties now. If those ties were shootouts, give four of those wins. Now you're at 66 wins. With the star power on that team, they would have won maybe all seven of those shootouts. Yeah. But was yeah. that was that the year? Was that the year that um, that Colorado played Detroit and Lemieux hit on Draper? They lost in the conference finals that year. The next year, they were their record was thirty eight twenty six and eighteen, and they won the championship. Can the Oilers win the cup this year, Jr.? I say no. Um, Oh man! You know, I—I I mean, of course they can, of course they can, but just do they have? Do they have enough horses? Um, I mean, yeah, they got the top—you know—top two guys in the league that are that that are by far the best two players, especially point-wise. 
You know, is their goaltending good enough to, to, to hold up a, you know, a seven game series four times? I don't know that I question. Does their defense, is their defense strong enough? Um, yeah. Nugent Hopkins is having a good year, but after that, it's, it's scarce. But uh, yeah, they could, of course they could, but I just, Listen, I, what do you I mean? It's like scarce it. though. The last couple of years, Jr. the last couple of years, I would have never in a million years said that the Edmonton Oilers could win a Stanley cup. Never. You know why? Cause they were, they were a two horse, you know, that's it. That's it. Two horses. And you can't win Stanley cups with two horses, but let me tell you, Ryan Nugent Hopkins adds to that horse. And then yeah, you have Zach Hyman, Zach Hyman. Yeah. That's he's got I was 34 goals this year and 80 points. Jr. Yeah, I you would know, ask, when I was just saying when I was just talking about horses, I just Zach Hyman just came into my mind. I'm like, God, I got to mention, I got to mention how great of a year Zach Hyman has had. Yeah, like really. Yeah, hey, you and know you got listen, Darnell Nurse, Evan Bouchard. Okay, two defensemen that are are big, strong, really strong defenders. Darnell Nurse plus twenty one this year. Then you have Evander Kane comes back from injury. He's a major factor when he's on the ice. Major. 15 goals in 37 games on pace for about 35 goals this year. And a, he playoff, played a, full and a playoff guy. Playoff yeah. caliber guy. Yeah. Yamamoto, one of one of PD's favorite guys, Warren Fogle. He's had a nice season. He's like, now you're talking about third and fourth Fogle. line guys. Hi. I, I, I. Fogle. You know, Hi. Matthias. What movie? Uh, what movie is that? Come on, come on, Petey. You, you know this. Fogel. Hi. Come on. Are you asking McLovin. me? McLovin? McLovin? Oh, my. Yeah. Okay. I think I've seen that movie maybe once or twice. I don't know that I've seen it multiple times <laughs> enough so, to. I used to do that. I used to do that when I was on air. Whenever Fogel would score, he'd, I'd go, Fogel. Hi. <laughs> I love when people bring movie references into it, but not I enough. Know. Do but that no, hey, Riv's, Riv's really good point, man. Really good point. But this Nick, is it. You, you Nick said, Bukestad as the third line center now, 6'4, yeah. 220 pounds, just going to be a solid yeah. influence. Matthias Ekholm, top four minute eater. He's plus 18 in 17 games, has 11 points. I love Ekholm. I love I, I mean, love listen, this team has not just gone from a two, a two stallions. Now they have two stallions with a whole bunch of, of, of guys behind them that I think are, are that can support those two stars. I think Edmonton yeah. can win, win a Stanley Cup. With and, what they, they and they have a very smart coach. They have a very smart coach. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know him, Rivs. He's a smart guy. He knows the game. But this, this, is what I'm, this is what I said. I don't give a fuck how good you are. Ribs, we had the best team in the National Hockey League in 2007, 2008. Yeah. We had the best team, and we lost. We had the best team in 2008, 2009. But we, we also had the, the pressure. Round. We also had the pressure to win. We had we were considered the favorites. Edmonton is not going to be considered a favorite. They're not but even they going to be. They're not even going to be considered a favorite coming out of the West. You have Dallas. You have Vegas. You have Colorado. LA that is unbelievable. Like, I mean, you have Colorado. Yeah, Edmonton that's, that's is all fine. Edmonton that's fine. But be. Edmonton will have pressure because they have three guys that are going to have a hundred points. And well, they're also McDavid. in Edmonton. They're also in Edmonton. Then there's a lot more pressure of them 
in the Canadian market, right? Coming coming into into the playoffs. I mean, there's that's pressure. When so you have I, the best player on the planet, and then the second the second best player on the planet, you you have high expectations. I don't care. I don't care any different. Okay, I have a question for you before we let you go. Two questions. Uh, one yep. in 1990-91, you had 94 points in 79 games. Mm-hmm. How pissed were you that you didn't get to 100? I was more. I was more pissed that we lost in the first round to Dallas because we were we had won the President's Trophy that year. We'd lost the first round to Dallas in six games. That's when I walked off the ice and that little eight year old or nine year old threw a hot dog and hit me right in the face, adding insult to injury. So I didn't give a shit about 100 points. I was pissed that we lost and a kid threw a hot dog in my face. That okay. sucked. So the next year, you have 53 goals, 50 assists, 103 points. What was it like inching closer to the 100-point mark and then hitting it? Was it a – I mean, what did that – For me, it was, that the, me it, was the 50, it was the 50 goals that were – that was really exciting for me because I scored my first 50th in Boston – and I actually shot past the puck and it went off of Ray Bork's ass into the net. So Ray Bork actually scored my 50th goal for me, which is pretty cool. You're just and known then, for beautiful milestones, eh? Oh yeah, absolutely. And they're just, they're just beauties. Like luckily, a you can't 500 see, banker off yeah, the glass, 150 lucky, feet away. Yeah, luckily replays aren't into box scores. Right. But, um, but that was really cool. And you know what, what I, I just saw the stat that, you know, Matthew Kachuk is the first, first American to go back to back hundred point season since, since I did it in 92, 93, 93, 94. And, you know, I've known the kid since he was born, right. I was in the hospital when Matthew was born. So it's like kind of, it's kind of pretty, pretty awesome to think about. Uh, but yeah, it's exciting. There's no question about it. And it's a lot of points, man. A lot of points. Well, you, you consistent consistency. Got to be so consistent. So consistent. Can't take a night off. That's what's draining. Makes me tired even thinking about being a star and having the pressure every single bloody night to perform. Like it's just like you know what it. But you know what rivets it. it, That's how it is. You go into every game and you want to get that first point, right? And you always, as as a scorer, when you get that first point, if you get it in the first period, you're like this. Okay. Got my point. Now let's fucking crush them. Now let's go get like three or four, right? And every point that you get, it's it's almost like your body loosens up. But you go pointless, it's not good. It's amazing that like, that's how you think about the game. Because you know how I would think about the game if I got a point early? I wonder if this keeps me in the lineup next game. <laughs> good, I got a giant. I'm going to be in the lineup next game for sure. I got a point tonight. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, I just remember getting like a plus. I remember if I got a point, just the jump in your step for the rest of the game is just like, Oh yeah. You're feeling good. You're oh, feeling man. good. Right. It's like, Plus. it's like we, there was, um, do you remember there, there's a, uh, assistant coach of ours that I had, we had back in the Chicago days. His name was Paul Baxter. And we always, we always tease Paul Baxter because he, he, he like, he like wanted to get points. He wanted to play good all the time. And even when a team played bad, we always tease him. Like he, he'd go up to somebody and say, Hey man, you played great today. How'd I play? <laughs> <laughs> he wanted that for you. Hey, you played great today, man. How'd I play? 
<laughs> so I just laugh every time I hear that because it's like, dude, you just lost. <laughs> There's a fuck how you played. That's good shit. Enjoy those master's prices over there with some of the yeah. food you're going to get. You're going to get the dollar fifty egg salad or dollar fifty egg salad. Yep, and the and the cheese, the cheese cheese sandwich. The pomato. What is it? The pomato. Pimento cheese. Pimento cheese. How's yeah, the weather right that's, now? That's a that's a little that's a little. The pimento cheese is no good, but the egg salad is off the chart. One dollar beer, dollar dollar fifty beer, dollar fifty sandwich, or dollar. Jr. Jr. Yeah. Don't say anything for a minute. Just let's have silence for ten seconds. He's listening for birds. They're birds. No well, birds. They're birds. No, but I'm not on. I'm not in the course right now. I'm outside the course. I'm where the Wait, birds. What does that mean? I, I'm is, with there, the is there a friggin' uh, invisible the, bubble that the these yes. these birds yes. can't fly onto the? Yes, they cannot fly onto. They don't fly onto Augusta National. I'll be on that golf course for four days, and I won't see a bird. I won't see a rabbit. I won't see a squirrel. I won't see a chipmunk. Nothing, because they built a sonar around the whole golf course, and birds don't go in there because it it hurts their ears. They hear shit. It keeps them out because they're all right here outside wondering what's going on in there. I can't get in there. They're all right here just hanging out because they can't go in there. <laughs> they're all oh, yeah. out on the outside, Jared, trying to figure out how they can take the course over. Okay, so best just do a I massive like flyover. The, the bird noises tomorrow are going to drop be a ton of shit of a, all over the course. <laughs> The, the bird noises tomorrow are going to be coming out of a speaker that are going to be in the trees. That's it. That's awesome. That's Enjoy, yeah. buddy. Enjoy. I won't, I right. won't hear it Thanks, until boys. Sunday, like the 18th. Take bowl. some pictures and send them to the boys. Eh? Like we, we, well, live you we live through you. We live through you. Can't bring phones on the, on Augusta. You have to keep them in the locker outside the grounds. Oh, yeah. No running, no swearing. No, it's Augusta. How the hell are you allowed on the course then? <laughs> I know you're not running, I'll tell you that, but the swearing part uh oh, I know. I know. You know what, JR? This this I might really, sound I, rather I, aggressive, I, and I mean this in the most fun-loving, serious way possible. Fuck golf and fuck Augusta. <laughs> That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.